Oh, thank you, everyone. And uh, I am just loving the Psalms and loving the Summer Psalter series every single summer. So excited about the portion we're looking at tonight. Invite everyone to stand, please. And open your Bible to Psalm 47, either your paper copy or an electronic one if you have one available. I want you to notice the very top of that psalm. Uh, English Standard Version, next slide, says, For the choir master. That's who this psalm is written for. New International Version says, For the director of music. New King James Version says to the chief musician. Uh, Christian Standard Bible says for the choir director. This is written to sing. This is part of the hymn book of the Hebrew people. When they went to synagogue, they sang the Psalms. And so this is written for the director, the choir master, the one who makes worship happen. Interestingly, even back then, they had people in charge of things. Things work best when there's somebody in charge. <laughs> there's a choir master, there's a director, and there's a chief, or a chief musician, whatever title you choose. We're going to read that portion together now. In unison, try to read at the same pace I'm reading, reading out loud together. Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. And so, Father, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we just ask you to come and give us hearts to really understand the great, great, great truth in this psalm and help us to respond to that truth appropriately. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In my judgment, the high point of this psalm, the peak of this psalm, the climax of this psalm, the big thing in this psalm, is uh, verse number five, where it says, God has gone up with a shout. God has gone up with a shout. 
the Easter season uh, is the highlight of the church year. I don't know any church that doesn't stop at Easter and think about what happened on Easter weekend. We uh, talk about Christ's trial. We talk about his crucifixion and his burial. And we talk about his resurrection. But too often we stop there. Too often we don't go far enough. And we miss probably the most important part of the Easter story because we quit at the resurrection. Forty days after the resurrection, and so in church circles we, uh, we celebrate it six Sundays after Easter weekend. Uh, we celebrate a thing called Ascension Sunday. And in the liturgical calendar, people who follow a lectionary, and the lectionary tells the preacher what portions of Scripture to read and what to preach on. In the liturgical churches, the churches that follow a lectionary, Psalm 47 is the psalm they read. This is Ascension Sunday psalm. The Lord has gone up with a... Shout, God is gone up with a shout. The Ascension Sunday Psalm. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so he could spend the rest of his time walking around in Galilee showing off his glorified body and the kids think he can do magic tricks because he can walk through doors without opening them. <laughs> that wasn't the reason for the weekend. That wasn't the reason for the resurrection. The reason for the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, is never understood unless you get to Ascension Sunday. Unless you get to an understanding that he has gone up, where he sits at the right hand of God to rule and to reign. If we miss that, we miss the power of the Easter story. God is gone up with a shout. And so the sons of Korah wrote this song for the worship leader and said, we put it together, you guys learn to sing it, make sure it's being sung in the synagogue. And it's a prophetic psalm. The sons of Korah are looking ahead to the ascension. And boy, does the ascension ever change everything. The repeating truth of this psalm, and it happens as a result of the ascension, uh, shows up a number of times. Verse number two, 
clap, verse number two, sorry. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. <laughs> great king over... See, Jesus was no longer just the king of a little nation called Israel. King over all the earth. Verse number three. He has subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He rules and reigns not a little group of people. He rules and reigns the nations. Verse number seven, we see it again. We see it for a second time. For God is the king of all the earth. We read that in verse number two, something very similar, a great king over all the earth. Verse number eight, God reigns over the nations. I don't know what you've heard, what you think. But the God you serve, the Most High God, rules and reigns over the earth. He rules and reigns over the nations. Sovereign. He's in charge. One of the great tensions of Christian life is we live in this world. We work in this world. We establish relationships in this world. We find people. We fall in love with them. We get married to them. We have all kinds of things going on in, in this world. We live within set time. We live in the present. But God would challenge us. God would challenge us, and God challenges us through this psalm tonight, friends. Not to get all wrapped up and think that life is about the present. And think that life is about what we can touch and feel. Life for the child of God is much, much bigger than that. And so the Apostle Paul says... To us in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, if, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You see, he rules, he reigns. Don't get wrapped up in down here. Don't do that. Set your affections on things that are above. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of the earth. 
You see, if your minds are on the things of the earth, you think the leader of the nation you live in is Prime Minister Trudeau. And you get really worried when there's an election because you might get the wrong leader. Joe Biden's the guy who really makes the decisions. And some say, no, it's Trump. President Putin seems to think that he's got a lot of power. But I want you to know tonight, and I want you to understand with absolute clarity that the Most High God rules and reigns. And Jesus has gone up with a shout, and he sits at the right hand of God where he rules, and he reigns. Our God reigns, friends. Our God reigns. Our God rules. I love verse number 9 in chapter 7 and out of the New Living Translation. The rulers of the world have gathered together with the people of the God of Abraham. For all the kings of the earth belong to God. <laughs> he is highly honored everywhere. You see... Jesus changed everything. And it's no longer just the nation of Israel, and we love Israel, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but it's not just the nation of Israel. The rulers of the world have gathered together with the people of the God of Abraham, for all the kings of the earth belong to God. Some of them don't recognize it. Some of them don't believe it. Some of it don't know it. But every king, every ruler in this world is underneath the king of kings, and they have no authority. They have no power except the Lord allows them to have it. It's just that simple. And so we approach every day, we approach every situation, we approach every circumstance with this incomprehensible confidence. Because our God, the Most High God, rules and reigns. And the world might go a little nuts thinking about monkeypox or a seventh wave of COVID or inflation that seems to be on the verge of going wild. But Christians, and Pastor Jordan pointed us there last week in Psalm 37, when everything else is going nuts, we just commit everything to God. We trust sovereign God because we know He rules, we know He reigns. Revelations chapter 19. 
verses 11 to 14. <laughs> this is the power of the King of Kings. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and the one sitting on it called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like the flames of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. We're talking about Jesus here. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. Our God rules, our God reigns the army of heaven. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him sitting on the horse. And all the birds were gorged with their... Who rules? Who rules? Who's the victor? Who's the king of kings over all the earth? Every nation is going to bow before his power. He rules. He reigns. And so, prophetically, the sons of Korah write this psalm. And they say, hey, guys, get your eyes on him. Look up. He has ascended. He's gone up with a shout. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And so we join the worshipers of heaven who declare in Revelation 19 and verse number 6, I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah for the Lord, our God, all the Almighty reigns. Hallelujah for the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. He reigns. If you're here tonight and you feel like <laughs> your world's a little out of control, and you're walking through a season of discouragement or disappointment, your God reigns. Your God reigns. So with an understanding of that, with an understanding of that, what do we do? Well, I think uh, the response of this psalm is pretty clear. <laughs> what do you do when you realize your God reigns. You don't sit there like a bump on a log. 
some kind of worship stirs, uh, stirs up inside of you, and you just want to exalt him. The most high reigns. The most high rules. So the sons of Korah say, verse number one, what do we do? The first thing we do is we clap your hand, or clap our hands. All peoples, clap your hands, all peoples. And some versions read like this, clap your hands, all nations. What do we do? In the light of the fact that our God reigns, we clap our hands. Calgary Stampeders lost last night. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers won. I like the Calgary Stampeders. Pastor Jordan likes the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There was no clapping at our house. There was some clapping and probably some excitement in Mormon. Because the clapping is always done by the victors. Friends, we're on the winning side. We rejoice in it. We clap. Was a time in the church I grew up in when you were singing songs, you always clapped to them. We don't do that as well anymore. I'm not sure that serves us well. But I don't think clapping our hands during songs is what the psalmist is really referring to here. It's this putting your hands together and just clapping and shouting and honoring God and appreciation for what he's done and who he is. So when we recognize he is the most high God, what's the first response this scripture, this psalm calls us to? It says, clap your hands. not making this up, friends. Look in your own Bible. Some of you look at me like I've lost my senses. It says, clap your hands. <laughs> All you peoples. Is that proper English? All peoples? <laughs> clap your hands. Secondly, in this portion, we're told to shout to God with loud songs of joy. Now, I want to point out here that you are the people who voted and chose to hear a sermon on this. I didn't choose this, friends. I'm responding to the will of the people. 
And the will of the people was to be reminded to clap your hands. <laughs> and, and, and to be very quiet and proper in church. Because God likes it when we're quiet and proper. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. I'm not making this up, friends. This is our response to the Most High God. Clap your hands, shout to God. Nineteen seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. And the fact that I can remember that probably uh, makes you think that I'm really, really old. But nineteen seventy one, seventy two, seventy three, there was a powerful move of God's Spirit across North America. Saskatoon experienced some of that where night after night after night after night, people came together and came to Christ and changed their lives. In Alberta, the Bible camps in the summers in 1971 and 72 were marked by lingering at the altar till three and four and five o'clock in the morning. And teenagers, young people would stay up all night and they'd be clapping and they'd be shouting unto God. I tell you, when God moves your heart and you recognize he rules, he reigns, he's the most high God, something happens in your heart. And maybe you get a little radical. Maybe you clap your hands and maybe you shout to God. I moved to Edmonton, Alberta in 1973. And uh, there was a church in Edmonton. I think it was the only one at the time. It was called People's Church. It had church on Saturday night. Sometimes I didn't have anything to do on Saturday night. And I thought, I'll just go to church. And I'd go driving to find people's church and it was tucked away in some corner of the city, middle of a block, big building, but I could never ever find it. But after being there twice, I figured out how you found it. I just rolled my window down and three blocks away, three blocks away, <laughs> You could hear the wave, the roar of worship. As people shouted unto God for what he'd done with thanksgiving in their hearts for what he'd done. How do we respond to the fact that our God reigns? Well, we clap our hands. And we shout to God with loud songs of joy. I don't know what happened to us. I don't know why we got so proper, but we need to get a little less proper. We need to shout to God. 
shout to God with songs of joy. And then there's a third thing that gets mentioned here. It gets mentioned quite strongly, actually. Sing praises. Look this up on whatever Bible you got in your hand right now. Listen to this. Sing praises to God. First time. Second time. Sing praises. Third time. Sing praises to our King. Fourth time. Sing praises. Fifth time. Sing praises with us. I think God wants us to sing praises. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> so what does it mean to praise? definition in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, one of them for praise is an expression of approval. An expression of approval. Got a little three-year-old at your house and he's a boy and supper time he just loves throwing his food on the floor. And one night at supper, this three-year-old boy doesn't throw any food on the table, on the floor. And what does daddy do? Daddy says, oh, such a good boy tonight, Johnny. You didn't throw any food on the floor. You made it so much easier for Daddy. Daddy doesn't have to go clean up the floor. Wonderful, Johnny. You're so good, Johnny. And then we take that shallow definition of praise and we bring it to church. And if we've had a good week and Dad or Mom bought us a new pair of running shoes and None of our friends yelled at us. We think God's been good to us, so we'll praise him that day. We approve of how he handled our life that week. That's so small, friends. That's so shallow. We clap our hands. We shout to God. We sing praises to him, not because we approve of what he's doing in our lives. We clap our hands and we shout to God and we sing praises to him because he's almighty God who rules over the universe. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's stand. Let's sing. Let's clap. Let's shout unto God. Let's offer him the worship. He's so deserving of it.